Welcome to the Digital Solicitor Podcast with me, Christina Grasco. Today, we're talking about how to support the well-being of yourself and your staff now that legal working life involves a lot more working from home. Last June, a survey of 2,500 law firm staff revealed that over 50% of them wanted to either work totally from home or only go into the office one or two days a week. This represents a huge shift because pre-pandemic, over 50% of law staff wanted to be able to go into the office every day. And whilst this change is a good thing for managing staff rotors on return to an office, as well as for bricks and mortar overheads, it belies a more complex and subtle picture. For example, we know that younger staff value the team camaraderie of the office environment, and the current arrangements represent a significant loss of something valuable to them. So our question today is how can law firms continue to motivate, support, promote well-being, and improve collaboration amongst their teams with working from home? And what can be done to prevent loneliness, isolation and burnout? To discuss this with me is Suzanne Poole, who's worked with Leap Legal for five years, starting off in an HR capacity in the UK, and she's now Head of People Operations, covering Leap's North American staff base. Thank you for joining us today, Suzanne. Can I start by asking you to tell us just a little bit about your job and what it involves? Yeah, of course. Hi, Christine. It's lovely to be speaking with you today. Very broadly speaking, my role is HR, but under that banner of human resources lies all the different things at the heart of HR, you know, finding those fantastic people, empowering them to do the best job that they can do in a business and then developing their careers so that we keep pushing them forward. So in a nutshell, <laughs> it's HR, but I think it's much, much. I know it's such an old fashioned term now, I think. Um, it just covers so many parts of the life cycle of the employee's experience at work from the minute they accept the job to the day they decide actually it's time to move on. And that kind of covers everything that I do in this industry. I can remember you doing sterling work, including office locations, office moves, and making sure that everybody had what they needed when they needed, both physically to do the job and sometimes emotionally as well, which you're right, is far removed from the old-fashioned concept of HR, isn't it? You know, HR is always considered such an administrative function, but it's so far removed from that nowadays. You know, yeah, it's finding the right environment for people to be productive in. It's making sure they have the best tools to do the job. And we've always been really hot on that. You know, everyone has the right kit so they can lock and load wherever they are. And then there's the sort of, yeah, the more human aspects of the job. We we never know what goes on with people's lives. It's making sure people have the right environment to work in. It's making sure they have the right tools to be productive. It's making sure they can see a clear career path, which they can move and grow towards. It's making sure that they're engaged with the work they're doing. So providing them with meaningful work. And then, you know, inevitably that timeline, it will come to an end. People don't stay in jobs forever. Nowadays, you know, it just doesn't happen. And, and when they decide to make that move, you know, I hope that we've we've em- empowered our staff and we've trained our staff well enough to, to make their next move into a job that's going to fulfil them even further. It's been a difficult time. It's been an interesting time and we're starting to unwind in various ways. But we still have a lot of people who are working from home. Can I ask how you and indeed how firm members, law firm members who are listening to us now, set about motivating and supporting, doing what you're talking about with remote colleagues? With our company, having regular 
meetings has been part of being ever since I joined LEAP. The daily huddle is something that we've always done. And it's that short 10 minute meeting that every team joins just to check in on, on what their priorities are, were for yesterday, what their priorities are for today, and if they've got any challenges. So that's never stopped. And that's always, you know, that's a huge part actually of making sure people are present and that they're focused and that they're going in the right direction for the day ahead. There's been, over the last 15 months, we've had a very lively social calendar with the, the Zooms, with the virtual quizzes, the bingos, the, you know, happy hours and so forth. We're, we're all still connected. You know, we have the technology in terms of using Slack and Microsoft Teams. So that has always been very present. So it's a, lo- a lot of touch points from us just to keep reassuring people that, you know, as much as we can be, we're trying to do business as usual. You know, we, we have all taken into consideration these are really extraordinary circumstances that no one could have forecast. So, you know, it's just it's just being gentle with our people, I think. Checking in, our managers checking in daily basis. How how are you? You know, that silly thing that you could you could ascertain how one of your team members was feeling by walking into a room and, you know, looking at their body language previously. And we've lost that. So you're sort of slacking slacking your team member saying, you know, how's it all going? Given that there is a likelihood that this is now setting a trend long-term, people working from home, is it something that we, generically as employers, need to start rethinking in terms of the metrics we're applying to what constitutes performance and what constitutes a new form of collaboration? I think the pandemic has pushed the dialogue around working from home forward easily by 30 years. Traditionally, the whole idea of people working from home, and I think it's safe to say was probably looked down a bit upon at companies, you know, oh, they're working from home today. And, and there's the implication there that doing the washing and walking the dog and maybe checking their emails every now and then. And so the pandemic has really brought that whole topic. You know, it's, it's completely thrown it at us now and and how we work and where we work and as an employer I think it would be misguided to insist you know having done this for 15 months now I think it would be misguided for an employer to insist that their staff return full-time Monday to Friday and I think the danger of doing that is that you're going to lose a lot of talent because people have proved it works the genie is out of the bottle Okay, people don't want to spend three hours commuting to and from work anymore. People are saying they're more productive from home. You talk about performance and so forth, but if I think people's productivity is there and is as good as it has been pre-pandemic and they are performing and they are happy, then it's far more sensible to sort of have that dialogue with them about, look, how do you want to work? what works best for you and then let's see what works best for the company and try and find a compromise there that is going to tick everyone's boxes and and keep you happy. I'll say it again, you know, the the danger is that if employers are going to insist, right, back full-time, five days in the office, I want to see everyone, you are going to lose talent that way. One of the debates is about results versus presenteeism. And I know that that still plays out in some sectors of the legal profession and indeed in other businesses as well. 
it's part of the desire to come back to normal, to have people present in the office. But I think the elephant in the room in this conversation is that putting people in an office doesn't necessarily make them productive, does it? There's an assumption there which doesn't hold water. Yeah, is that is that kind of very 80s way of thinking, isn't it? That if you're the first in and the last out in the office, you're doing the best job. And I couldn't disagree more with that. I think being present in the office for longer hours, I think sending emails in the middle of the night, that to me indicates someone who is not in good control of their life and their well-being. Because I would rather have an employee who was productive but active looked after their you know and, and you know had has boundaries around their working hours because when i receive emails at two o'clock in the morning that sends alarm bells to me that hold on a minute what on earth is happening in this person's life that they are not getting the most basic most important requirement for life which is sleep and they are so caught up in their jobs that they're sending me emails at two o'clock in the morning. There's something gone very wrong there. So the whole presenteeism, that, that doesn't work for me and that doesn't wash either. If you're doing 10 hours in the workplace or 10 hours online, there's a real problem there. We, we're not designed to work that long. So part of the debate is about the assumptions that we made before the pandemic. You say that it's now brought forward by about 30 years, the conversation about how we work best, where we work best. It's a natural corollary from that, that this isn't going away. No, no, it's it's not going to go away. And I can't think of any other circumstance where I would have brought this to the fore, really. People are making it work. People are finding their routine. They are maintaining their productivity. And we've all sort of got gotten used to how to work. I mean, it's very different at the beginning when the office closed down, what, mid-March 2020, and we all went home. What was the priority? Right, let's make sure everyone's got the equipment they need, make sure they're comfortable, they've got a decent chair to sit on. And now let's let's look at keeping them motivating, motivated. It's, it's not going to go away. And I'm sure there's a certain sector that wishes it would go away and that things will return to normal. But this is something that happened globally. It's affected everyone. It didn't just hit one country, it hit the world. So the whole global workforce has had that opportunity to, you know, lose the lengthy commute. And I think the average commute was 90 minutes each way in the UK, for example, which is just, you know, that's three hours of your life. And if those three hours can be spent having breakfast with your kids, taking your kids on the school run, I'm talking from my perspective, of course, being able to do a workout in the morning before you start work, People have gotten used to this and actually they're enjoying it. That said, there is a number of us who are keen to get back into the office (laughs) for those very reasons. You know, I don't think we were designed to spend 24 hours a day with our family. I think having the opportunity to do the commute, which is 90 minutes one way of your own personal time in which you can spend time on yourself, be it listen to an interesting podcast, be it looking at videos of otters holding hands. I don't care, but it's your time. And that's been an interesting piece of disconnecting from home and getting into work mode. And I think that is an important piece. And that's another piece that I think needs to be addressed is making very distinctive. This is work mode. This is life mode. And those two need to be more distinct because those lines have blurred. 
it's talked about a lot, this hybrid way of working that we're moving towards. Is that a good way to be from, from an HR point of view? Is that a good way to have staff operating? I personally like the hybrid model. I think we need to review how we spend our time in the office. There's no point having a hybrid model and then going to the office and locking yourself into a separate office all day. I think if you're going to embrace the hybrid way of working, you very strategically set up your meetings with the people you want to meet in the office over those two days. And then you set up your time at work at home for the actual doing from the results of those meetings. So I think it's it, it changes how the office operates. And the office, I imagine, will now move towards a point where it's kind of really, dare I say, even more social than it was because you're there to to meet and to share ideas and, and to talk with people. And then you take what you've got from those meetings, you, you take those home and, and then you do the work on those there. The hybrid model works for someone like me in my role. There are some of our team members who want to be 100% remote. You know, some of those people who are a bit more you know, introverts who actually never enjoyed the office dynamics in the first place. They were, that, they were just, that's how the world was. So they were forced into it and, and out of their comfort zone. And God, you know, I've got to go in and deal with the, what do you call it, the water cooler chat and, and all the things that go with that. I'd much rather just focus and get on with my work. I don't think there's one size fits all here. I think we need to look at our staff. We need to look at their jobs. We need to look at their characters. We need to look at their preferences. And then we need to make a decision based on all of those. If you have a job that is client facing, for example, the expectation is that you're going to be in the office. Again, it's that there isn't a one size fits all for this. I, I like the, you know, the idea we can work from anywhere model, but we can work from anywhere, but then we come together at regular points during the week and collate information. Uh, and that drives our next, you know, our next piece of work. So we know that there's a professional risk for lawyers in not supporting their remote colleagues and that it's something that PI insurance firms look for actually when they're renewing PI. So how do you spot and help people who are becoming isolated or burnt out when they're not in front of you in the office? You know, it used to be so easy to walk around an office and just gauge the temperature, you know, do, do the temperature check, I used to call it, walking into an office and, you know, morning everybody, how are you all, all of that. Talking to people, walking into an office, asking the simple, how are you? What I have seen during the pandemic is that the signs of people becoming isolated and burnt out manifest themselves in, you know, they're not turning up for their daily meetings. Their behaviour is erratic and the flow of their work has been hindered. Having that daily meeting, as I said, you know, it's been something we've always done. And if you're not there, you send an, you send an excuse or you send someone else in your place. People not turning up, not being able to get a hold of people over Slack during the core business hours. Where are they? What's happening? And I think it's something that is going to become more of a, an, an, a, a topic and an issue. Um, you know, what the pandemic has taken away from us in terms of our sense of community, all, our, all of our battery, all our social batteries are empty. And we need to find a way to re, reinvigorate that piece. So, yeah, the signs of burnout and isolation are clear to me based on the communication piece within teams and then how we address that. You know, we have our employee employee advisory resources, which provide counselling services for people. We set up sort of daily check-ins 
with these staff at times and you know what's happening are you finding you know this isolation how is it manifesting itself with your work how can we help with that piece are you looking after yourself properly are you sleeping properly are you eating properly so we talked earlier on about work and life lines being blurred and you know we're not just dealing with people and their work now because those lines are so blurred you know everything else comes into play and, and spotting the signs as early as you can is really important. And having that dialogue with your staff member, you know, how can we help? You know, just being a, just listening to them, giving them the platform without judging, without condemning, giving them a platform that, you know, we've noticed things don't seem to be going as they normally do, what's happening. Just have that conversation because it's very easy to bypass that crucial conversation you don't know what's happening in these people's lives and it's giving them the opportunity to let you know as an employer because it could be something that you could actually really easily fix the same principle needs to apply to the business leaders as well doesn't it 100 percent, 100 percent. you know a good solid leader will know his team or her team and will will pick up those signs quickly a solid leader can read the temperature of a room during virtual meetings. And then that, that leader can either come and talk to, to us in HR, where we can suggest resources, have that important meeting with that staff member, identify what the problem is, and then put together a roadmap of how to fix it. And if it's the leader that has the stress, same advice has to apply to... It has to go up and up, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, if it's the, I guess if it's the business, my God, gosh, yeah, you know. That's a tough one. If you're if you're a small business owner and you are suffering from burnout and you're not recognising the signs and you're acting erratically and your staff are picking up on it, golly, that's yeah, that's that's quite a big problem. And I've been looking I've been looking at career coaching lately as a vehicle for our um, leaders because I, I think having someone impartial to talk to about their struggles, someone who's not internal, have, giving them a, a, a safe space to talk about their struggles and their challenges and what they're dealing with. There is a platform and I'm like can I talk about platforms here um there's a platform called better up that I've been looking at I don't know if you've heard of them but they're really interesting Uh, and they provide career coaches for all manners of workers you know parents who work people who are dealing with time management issues you know it it looks at the whole person so it's not just work related you know it can help with your career coach you know it will, will give you good career coaching advice but it will look at the whole person so it'll look holistically at an individual and I think if you're at that level of owning a business then I think you have a responsibility to look after yourself look after your machine because if your machine doesn't work then the whole thing's going to fall down that sounds a bit dramatic no no actually it isn't leaders must recognize that they have to be the first to admit when they're not functioning because everybody is going to look to them. They're going to feel the obligation to step up and be that leader when they too are only human. And so I don't think it is an overdramatic statement to say that if they can't cope, the business comes into difficulty. What you have to do is enable them to put that pressure aside and go and talk about it with their peers so that they understand that actually nothing is the end of the world and the resources to enable them to cope. Yeah, I I think it's going to become more and more important and and more crucial that that we have these things we have these measures in place because the traditional working day is (laughs) and how work has been perceived has changed you know and uh, technology is down to it responsible for a lot of that we are bombarded with news all the time it infiltrates 
our working day, what's happening out in the world, we see more of the world news. And I, I think it all adds layer and layer of different stresses. And as a business leader, you know, you have the responsibility to look after that business and your people, but you have the responsibility to recognize when things aren't working for you that you're going to have to fix it pretty quickly. And talking to someone, a peer, career coach, and having that Again, it's that safe space uh, with someone impartial, not connected to you, who's going to be able to give you some great sign, signposts and pointers to, to help you discuss your, your challenges that you're going through. You know, we pour millions into our gym memberships every year, don't we? <laughs> millions of pounds go into the, the gym membership. It's only sort of recently that our, our mental fitness is being looked at and, and how important that is. And, and I imagine that very soon we'll be pouring millions into that as well because it is as equally important as our physical health. I hope so. I think it's it's the story, isn't it? If you break your leg, then people will have sympathy. And if your mental health isn't 100%, it falls into the same category. It needs fixing. It's not a weakness. It's simply something that happens that it is a good idea to fix. It's such a British thing, isn't it? That stiff upper lip mentality. It's such an old school British thing. You know, being based in America, Americans are more open to seeing a, a counsellor and uh, to talking about their problems. We've now got a lot of technology which enables us to talk to people, have some of those conversations. You can get counselling on Zoom. We know that it's helped some communication. We also know that other people are sick to death of looking at screens. But again, it's not going to go away, is it? So is there an argument for saying that we've now got to build our processes and accept that technology has taken over communications and, and we do have to change how we communicate? You know, you've referred to the huddle and not everybody has those daily check-ins. Is that the place where businesses actually need to start every day, even if it is online? Because that's far better than not talking at all. Yeah, look, technology is not going to go away and it's only going to keep advancing. So you can't ignore it. And I think to ignore it would be at the detriment of your business. That daily meeting is such an important because you expect your team to show up. You expect your team to be present. And showing up and being present are two different things, by the way. You expect your team to contribute. This is a 10, 15 minute meeting every day. And the return on that investment is huge because you get to see your team you find out what they're all up to. If they've got any issues, they bring it to this meeting, fix it. And then you know they are set up to do their best work that day. It's so simple. And I'm flabbergasted when people, when we I talk about communication with a lot of people and how it looks like in their workplace. Oh, we have a, you know, we might have a weekly meet or a, a fortnightly meet. And I just think in this day and age and how we're working, think a daily check-in is far more sensible and, and gets the best rewards. So what does the future look like? Will we ever go back to full offices five, six, seven days a week again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit scared of predicting the future since the pandemic happened, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that is definitely happening at a pace here is that people who used to live a short commuting distance from their office are taking advantage of the stamp duty holiday and they're moving as fast as they can out of commuting distance, probably for a better home with maybe an outdoor space and a reduction of their mortgage because that's now their priorities. There are discussions going on about do you talk to your employer before you do that because you may be unilaterally changing the basis on which you've agreed to work for them? And if so, does it matter? Does does the employer have a say in that? I think 
all the HR professionals around the world are waiting for big companies to see what they do first when this sort of thing happens. Um, from my perspective, you know, if you're an employee and you want to change, if you want to move to a location which is not within commuting distance of the office, yet you want to keep your job, I think it just makes sense to have that conversation with your manager. I, I would say it's slightly um, disingenuous to go ahead, sell your house, make the move, and then expect your employer to go with it. It's just good manners. We talk about well, what is the future for teams. Uh, I, I mean, I look, we push the survey out. We ask, we ask our people what they wanted. And hybrid, you know, that hybrid way of working seems to be the preferred option. I think we're going to have to test the waters and see how it goes over the next six months. From an HR perspective, from a recruitment perspective, it's opened things up for, for us, but for me, certainly. And it's, it's opened my talent pool up. You know, I, I can cast my net out over a far bigger geographical region, knowing that, you know, if, if we are embracing this hybrid way to work, I can look for talent further away who are happy to come in one or two days a week. That's been really useful. But again, I'm loath to put all my eggs in one basket. As we reopen, you know, we will just have to wait and see how that works. You know, I read a lot about re-entry anxiety. You know, again, it's talking about those, you know, our social battery being empty. People are nervous about getting back into the office. They're, they're nervous about that social side of things because they haven't done it for 15 months. We're going to have to be gentle with our teams and just, you know, take it slowly. Keep doing your jobs. Keep being productive. How about you come in? <laughs> I, th I think we just have to be a bit gentle with people which I know may not come naturally to, to many small business owners who are frustrated who want to see their bums on seats and they want to see people doing their jobs but if you have a talented engaged workforce who are productive they've come this far in the last 15 months you know they, they should have built up a good bank of trust with you so keeping them engaged by working with them rather than right everyone back in that's it you know it hasn't been a party it hasn't been fun we'd love to see see people back in the office it helps the collaboration piece there is no denying that you know for, for me the, the workplace now looks like less desks more rooms for collaboration from a practical point of view you can get software where you can book a desk so it's like hoteling really you want you, you want to come and work today fine I'm going to go in and book a desk and, and I'll be in but I, I think people who are going to do a sort of draconian right let's go all in are setting themselves up for failure and they are going to lose their best people on the plus side, I have seen some of the best of people come out in the last 15 months. And I think the point you made a minute ago, which is people by now, you know, they're still there. They've built up some banks of trust. They show, they've shown that whatever gets thrown at them, they have been able to withstand it and still produce and still turn up and still be a part and still help other people, albeit remotely, has been a good and heartening thing to see. Yeah, I agree. I, I would definitely agree with that. You know, it's been it's been sink or swim time, hasn't it, the last 15 months? And everyone's dealt with it differently. But I've seen, seen some really strong people emerging out of it and handling it, handling it well and looking after people, which I think has been brilliant. So after this year, after everything that you have had to handle, what are the three things that you've learned or the three pieces of advice that you would offer to our listeners coming out of this? First off, make sure your team's have the right equipment for the job so they can work where they need to, when they need to. Deal with the things that you can control. Things get out of your control, then that puts you outside of your comfort zone and that way madness lies. So just, just be mindful, deal with the things that you can control. On a day-to-day -day basis, and I know this sounds a little bit trite, but 
establish that routine and encourage routine amongst your teams. You know, I talked about losing the daily commute, that 90 minutes of you time. Instead of doing that, take a walk and try and separate the work from the life piece. Thank you. I think that's a great place to end today's conversation. My thanks to you, Suzanne, for being here and to everybody who's been listening. If you have any questions or comments about things which have arisen during today's conversation, then please feel free to email us at digitalsolicitor at leap.co.uk. Until the next time we meet, thank you for being here. Stay safe and stay positive. Mm-hmm.